0: Welcome to the Sports Equity Podcast. Here we talk to special guests from teams, brands, and agencies to discuss the value that sports brings to business through current trends and best practices with your host, Brett Weisbrot. Our guest is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing, host of entrepreneur's podcast, The Playbook, a business coach, global public speaker, philanthropist, and three-time international best-selling author, today we welcome David Meltzer to the program. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for coming today, David. Appreciate you making the time.
1: Absolutely, man. I don't get to talk sports enough, so I'm ready to go. Nice. So speaking of that, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and where you're from? Yeah, sure. You know, I started my career at of law school selling, so selling internet in 1992, was the best blessing that I've ever had, not listening to my mom to be a real lawyer after law school, but ended up doing very well and working as CEO of Samsung's phone division. Then meeting Lee Steinberg uh, in my 30s, the most notable sports agent in the world and becoming CEO of the firm that they based the movie Jerry Maguire about and Warren Moon. As he entered the Hall of Fame, became a partner of mine at Lee's uh, firm. And then we spun off the sports marketing company 12 years ago together. Uh, and uh, last four years, I've really built my own brand with all the traditional and digital skills that I had learned uh, to empower over a billion people to be happy, to teach them how to make money, help people, and have fun using sports as a backdrop.
0: That's great. And I was fortunate my first season to have Lee on here. So it's great to continue some of that you know, some of that background and excitement in the industry. But, you know, before Lee, early on, where where exactly was first taste of working around sports as a customer?
1: So I think a lot of people discount the experience as a customer that they can translate over to work on the other side of the business. So because I was CEO of really big companies, I would hire people from people like Lee, you know, to do appearances, signing, speaking engagements, endorsements, licensing for my companies. And I really learned not only the credibility that it took, but the emotional aspect to work with the biggest companies by utilizing not only the athletes, celebrities, and entertainers, but also the events themselves and how then you can bring the high net wealth individuals for what? To make money, help people, and have fun. And through Lee, I learned the charitable aspect of the business he required every project and every athlete that we had to have a charitable purpose or cause tied to it that was aligned part of the reason i went to work with him with my true core beliefs and i used it to execute in all my business acumen from that point on when i was ceo of his firm and then building sports while marketing with warren moon we shared
0: that same objective and what was the biggest takeaway from the time of your life being you know helping lead steinberg sports you know my biggest takeaway
1: was that sports is not a business. It's not even an industry in my mind that what Lee taught me was sports is a backdrop. Uh, it's a ability. You know, only one thing in the world I think is, has the ability to emotionally attach people and that's children. So, you know, like a mom will starve herself uh, before she gives up the quarterback lessons or the violin lessons for her kid. Uh, but beyond a, a parent's, love and emotional attachment to their children and wanting the best and willing to sacrifice or invest the most in their children next comes sports Uh, and we see that you know in every single area there's no such thing as nfts when i ran lee steinberg but if you don't believe in the sports as a backdrop philosophy of it being a bug light an emotional connection connection just look at nfts and what we're getting
0: uh, value wise in an nft And how and when did you come across the idea to open sports one marketing? Well, what happened is, as I'm sure Lee
1: told you uh, in his interview with you, you know, Lee had some personal problems. Thank goodness uh, he's been sober uh, for over a decade now. Uh, But Warren had known Lee since high school. They uh, were 10 years apart, but went to the same high school. So Lee had the inside scoop on Warren Moon and helped him through the Canadian Great Cubs all the way down to Houston and Kansas City and Minnesota and the Seahawks. But Warren approached me saying, look, the only way we can help heal Lee is to let him bottom out. And the only way he bottoms out is we got to quit making him so much money. And uh, we decided that we'd start our own marketing firm, non-competitive, what Lee did. But we would start marketing the athletes and allow Lee to heal. And so Warren approached me to create a business uh, that was on the marketing aspect of the relationships, the events, the celebrities, uh, and I had the business plan in order to market, uh, that marketing aspect as we transform from from traditional marketing into digital.
0: And outside of Warren, who were your biggest mentors in helping you build that?
1: Well, you know, Warren and Lee, believe it or not, were two of my biggest mentors, um, But I also worked with Jeff Morad, uh, who had the job, at least before me. Uh, Jeff was an extraordinary mentor. Uh, He had bought the Padres, um, just a great entrepreneur and business person. And we also had Jeff Klein, who owned the Malibu Country Club. And we were working on building uh, and negotiating, buying a team and stadiums. Uh, You know, we had some really big hitting people, Uh, Jerry Jones. Uh, June Jones, I got two June Jones and Jerry Jones uh, were very helpful uh, with us as well as they were formulating uh, what to do and where. And then on the digital side, uh, I was blessed because I was helping Gary Vaynerchuk build his sports agency, giving him advice when they first started with AJ and him. And I was smart enough to get mentored on the digital marketing uh, side of things by uh, VaynerMedia, Gary T-Rock, AJ, et cetera, have been great help and still are today. I was just with Gary speaking at the Noble Conference last week and he just gave me extraordinary mentorship and advice.
0: And through all these uh, you know, different people that you've interacted with and then some you know, meeting more, you've had the opportunity to start your own podcast, write the playbook, right. have intimate conversations similar to what we're having today. You know, Can you tell us how that program has helped your listeners learn but also helps you reinforce your brand image?
1: Yeah. So number one, uh, you know, it would transform from traditional. I had an Angels radio show. Uh, then I had a national radio show with uh, Jim It's called Sports Blender. Uh, and then uh, through understanding new media, I decided to do my own podcast to complement the radio stuff that I was doing uh, because I had uh, a great uh, stable of celebrities, athletes, entertainers, millionaires, billionaires, and entrepreneurs. And what I wanted to do was be the Napoleon Hill of sports. So that was where the playbook started. I wanted to interview all the greatest athletes and celebrities about what their you know, playbook to success was. And I wanted to find all the common denominators as a modern day Napoleon Hill, which was my idea when I wrote my book before I started the podcast was to write a book that's more modern day of the point Hill. And so I brought on the biggest names in the world. And I asked them questions, not about their sports career, but about their emotional credibility reasons, their history, like all these great things. uh, And it skyrocketed and uh, you know, entrepreneur for years, picked it up uh, and then Spotify and Apple and Google. And uh, now, you know, it's turned into a seven day a week podcast it started as every Tuesday with an athlete, celebrity, or entertainer. Now it's seven days a week, and it has everything on it. Uh, and I'm just blessed because I think it really helps to give people insight on what it takes to be happy.
0: And what would you say is the most intriguing conversation you've had on the podcast lately? Sadhguru, for sure. Uh,
1: the guru is like the Deepak Chopra of the entire world. And uh, he is the most enlightened, coolest, down-to-earth, humble genius uh, that I've ever met. It's the best interview I've ever done. It'll probably come out in a week or two. Uh, He wrote a new book, The Yogi's Guide to Manifesting What You Want in Life or something like that, but it's called Karma. And uh, by far, if you want to rock your world and change your entire perspective or paradigm, uh, listen to Sadhguru on the playbook.
0: Um, No, I know you also do some consulting, right, to help others grow and and take their ventures to the next step, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's with two-minute drill, right? Just different avenues. What do you enjoy most in doing that?
1: You know, for me, I'm on a mission and this is what my enjoyment, what I call of the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential. Uh, it comes from the ability to empower people to empower people. So I'm not just happy helping someone. I want to not only help them, but teach them to help somebody else. Uh, And that's how I think my mission in life of empowering over a billion people to be happy. And my definition of happiness is people who make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. They're happy people. And so uh, I'm trying through all of these different platforms, two TV shows, podcasts, books, speaking, free coaching, free training, guides, exercise. I've been doing free trainings on Friday. In fact, after this, I'll be doing one for over 20 years to help empower people to empower people. Uh, to simply be happy. Can
0: you tell us, so I was going to touch on that next, can you tell us a little bit more about that and you know, maybe on a weekly basis, what you and your audience accomplished working together?
1: Sure, even before Lee Steinberg, I was doing trainings on sales. And then at Lee's, I decided to do trainings on everything. And uh, they were Fridays, I'd buy lunch for everyone. And even pre-COVID, we'd have people flying into my office, 100, 200 people, um, and I'd provide lunch and training everything trained on sales and business development on networking on mommy issues on ego issues on how to get a job in sports uh anything i could think of and i do these trainings uh and now you know expanding it out to the world digitally you know we have for this friday over thirty thousand registrants live live uh, over thirty thousand registrants live on friday and it's my number one downloaded podcast more than Ray Lewis, more than Andre Reid, more than, you know, Danica Patrick or Cameron Diaz or Dan Aykroyd, more than all the celebrities, athletes, the billionaires, Jerry Joneses of the world, anybody, people like to listen into the trainings.
0: And um, you mentioned books, right? In one of those last comments we were talking about, you've had the opportunity to write best selling books. You know, what do you enjoy most about sharing your knowledge and also learning through that publishing process?
1: Well, those are two completely different things. One, I love doing research for the books. That's my favorite part. And what I do is I outline and I transcribe my books. You know, my favorite part of writing a book, but I love doing the research and formulating the stories and lessons uh, in a concrete manner that will resonate with as many as possible Um, I also love getting other people involved in the book. So, you know, I have Tillman Fertitta, Brent Moon, you know, all these terrific people that have been in my books. I love that process. Um, The least favorite part, which I have to learn to love, is the publishing process. I thought, you know, uh, that sports agentry, sports marketing, licensing, endorsements, that was a difficult, competitive, and scarce business. I think, you know, even more than movies, Uh, that I've done. The publishing business uh, is underrated on how scarce it is, how antiquated it is. Uh, You know, oh my goodness, I uh, can help people along the way. I've paid so much dummy tax uh, from people who have taken advantage of my ignorance, uh, worse than digital marketers.
0: And how has the, you know, the digital area like Amazon and different, you know, book places helped you like drastically increase distribution?
1: love the direct uh, part of selling anything. So, you know, if you understand how a brand is built and a community is made and you know how to capture your content via a book or a podcast or live speech, whatever it may be, utilizing those distribution methodologies to capture, amplify, perpetuate, uh, and then attract a huge audience. I still don't think I fathom How big the opportunity is online, how and what it means to be able to attract 4.6 billion people. Uh, You know, there's only so many people who walk by, even pre COVID, an airport, you know, Hudson News to buy your book compared to if you understand how to build the community and you help people with your book, you can't can't keep up with the demand uh, because the audience is so big
0: and talking audiences, both for myself or anyone in the podcast world of any genre, what advice do you give someone either starting or helping trying to grow their podcast really in any field?
1: Well, number one, practice. So I believe consistent, persistent behavior, practicing is the most important part. And then two, patience. So persistence and patience blended. Why I say patience is that if you do it right and you keep learning, you will double and double and double. You'll utilize Einstein's rule of 72. You will accelerate the size of your community exponentially with compound interest. And you know it may not seem to be growing. You may feel like you're stuck, but if you're moving from two people that are telling two people to four people telling four people to eight people telling 16 and so on and so on, it's only a matter of 20 segments, 20 compounding of itself by doing the right thing and posting the right thing by working and practicing with persistence that you'll end up with millions of people who will be engaged, who will tell people from the top of the hills to the bottom of the valleys that you must listen or read or interact with a certain content that you have.
0: And if you were to give advice to anyone starting on the business side of the sports industry and and with diverse as that is, right? It's open to agencies, teams, brands, just a a wide array, but in sports in general, what type of advice would you give those starting to professionally? Develop your skills,
1: understand the knowledge of what you know and who you know, and have desire that you must be what you can be. If you hone in on developing your own skills, knowing who and what you know, and have the desire that you must be what you can be, and then align that synergistically and supplementary to the sport league organization, esport league organization, apparel company, app company, whatever the actual companies are that you would like to work for. When you can align your skills, knowledge, and desire, you will statistically not only be more successful, but you will be more efficient and effective in getting your first job, getting your first raise, getting your first uh, uh, elevated position, executive position, et cetera. So, Develop those skills, know your knowledge, and have the desire that you must be what you can be. Uh,
0: thank you. I really appreciate that. That's great advice. Um, how do you feel right now with the alive event space opening up and going to games again? You know, what are you most looking forward to with getting back to you know, somewhat of a new normal?
1: I am beyond excited. I have an office in a podcast studio in the new stadium in LA. I got to go to my first Padre game before I went on my first speaking tour. I've, uh, I will tell you, if you're not going to a game and you can right now, you'll never have it better because the players are excited to play in front of people. They can't sit, no one can sit in front of you because of social distancing. You know, at least California, we're 25% capacity. So every seat's a good seat. Everybody's excited to be there. The fans, the players, the umpires, the coaches, the managers, the concessioneers. everybody's excited. So uh, I will tell you, it's like being a little kid Going to your first game uh, when you get to go.
0: That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and contributing to the program today. And, you know, look forward to speaking with you soon.
1: Absolutely, my friend. You please let me know how I could be of service. Anybody can reach out to me. I'm happy to give them my book, sign it, send it to them on behalf of your show, David at DMeltzer.com. Come to my free trainings, David at DMeltzer.com. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Sports Equity Podcast, where we discuss the value that sports brings to business. Follow us for new episodes on a weekly basis. See you next time.